Blog Talk Radio. everyone. Thank you for coming to listen in again with Watkins Road Church of Christ, um, our little lessons we have here mm-hmm. on our podcast. Tonight it will be myself, Sister Rashida Monique, and Sister Regina, and we are going to go over the topic of what becomes of the brokenhearted, and we'll be focusing on the scripture, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. So thank you again, and I hope you enjoy this lesson. And without further ado, Sister Regina. Thank you, and good evening to you, too. Tonight, we'd like to talk about just an approach for when we feel brokenhearted. In the last lesson, we talked a lot about self-identity, and some of the challenges that we experience sometimes can be related to the situations of life and our response to them. And so at times, we may find ourselves feeling brokenhearted. And when you think about what that is, it's great sadness, a really intense sadness, especially when someone we love leaves us. And, and how do we deal with that? How do we think about that? Psalms 34:18 talks about how the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues the crushed in spirit. He provides us a perspective. That's the rescue that he provides. One, two through four, that talk about the purpose of, of this broken, these brokenhearted situations, of getting through what we're going to call trials. And it actually tells us to consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter the various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and letting that endurance have its, its perfect work so that we may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. So, so what's the question? It might be, what do... What, do we, what are we supposed to learn from the trials? Well, they're, they're supposed to teach us uh, that they make us stronger. There's a testing of our faith so that we can have endurance, and endurance is that steadfastness, that being dependable, reliable, constant, unwavering, being literally fixed in place, and letting that have its perfect results so that we can be complete. But I don't know that we always end up feeling this uh, this strength and faith when we come through a situation of brokenheartedness. Rashida, what do you think about that? Do you feel joy at the end um, of brokenheartedness? Really not. Normally, I, well, in the past, I would feel worn out because um, it, it's all about your mindset and the way you look at things. So prior to that, when I would have dealt with brokenheartedness, it would be, kind of worn out because you would stress yourself out so much trying to think of multiple scenarios and how to deal with things, whether it's grief or disappointments through um, circumstances and situations and people. Um, Mm -hmm. You rely a lot on yourself. And, you know, now that things have changed for me coming to Christ, I rely on God for for comfort. So for me, Mm -hmm. I rely on him, and I don't rely on my own thoughts, my own feelings, my own prior experiences, because if you go back to that, you'll repeat the same patterns over and over again. 
Right, exactly. And I love that you you, you used the word worn out because that is how we, we, we feel emotionally, just tired from it all. Because what happens, you know, when we don't allow that brokenheartedness, that trial, that situation to work the way God intended for it to work, then we're destined, like you said, just to keep on repeating the same thing over and over again. And I've heard some famous person said that when you repeat the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity. It's not going to happen. Like we're not going to just uh, miraculously wake up and not, not, not learn and, and learn the lesson. So right. when we don't learn the lesson, right, our, our brokenheartedness, it reveals in us what we've allowed to permeate our heart. So what we allowed in our heart. And sometimes the hurts are unavoidable. Things like death and, and you start certain losses in life, they're going to happen. And those are situations we can't control. But there are other situations that result in brokenheartedness that we really could have avoided. You sound like you want to say something, Rashida. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree because <laughs> it's those situations you put yourself in, whether it be, like I said, circumstances with people you can totally avoid. And sometimes some people want to be argumentative. You can just really easily let things go versus always pursuing to debate people on things that, you know, are just nonsense. Mm-hmm. And you drive yourself crazy. Um, or you like to see you put yourself mm-hmm. in a circumstance when you know better, especially if you, when you know better. You know, if it's the one thing you go through a situation and you're kind of unaware, you learned that lesson. But for you to put yourself back through a certain thing again, um, that's torture. <laughs> so for me, it's it like, is. you know, you have to uh, know when to stay in your own, I think I should say, stay in your own lane. And stay in God's mm-hmm. lane, you know. Get out of everybody else's business and mm-hmm. stay out of other things and stay on your own they're your own, his own mm-hmm. path he has for you. And it'll save you a lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're talking about those times when we force situations. It, I'm going to force it oh, yeah. to make it the way I want it to be, right? I'm going to maybe reach for some people that shouldn't be in my life, reach for some exactly. things that I'm shouldn't a- be in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm gonna make the outcome to be the way I want the outcome to come out. I don't want it, you know, depend on anybody else's way. The outcome, I'm gonna have the outcome mm-hmm. become the way I thought it should be. I planned it in my mind. That's how I want it to be. <laughs> so, you know, that thought process but can get into a lot of trouble. Right, because then the result is not at all what you intended, and oftentimes can make your situation worse. And so exactly. that's when you're right, and when you're in that worst place, that like. How did I get here? I had intention, an intention over here, intention A, but I got this result Z that I never even thought would happen. And so when we find ourselves feeling that way in those situations, that's when we need to closely examine that source of the pain. Where did this come from? And I don't know that we we all the time will do that, that we naturally will sit down and evaluate it in an open and honest way, you know. Sometimes we might have a little um, personal coloring on how we're evaluating the situation. It's going to be like, why do I always attract the same kind of people into my life that just want to use me? Why do I always? Those aren't necessarily um, going to lead to the right answers unless we ask him 
ask questions like, why did this situation bother me so? Because when we can understand why it bothered us so, then it can tell us a lot about why we get ourselves into those situations. You know what I'm saying? Right, and we found out we were getting to be able to reflect on yourself and not just like, why do I get those kind of people? These people, you know, not just putting, you know, pointing the finger out there, but also looking at yourself and examining, well, exactly. why did it bother me? Why did I put up with it? And what would let me allow this? What is it about what I feel about me on the inside or, you know, things like that? So it makes it a lot of self-reflection. And then when you have, you know, of course, God's word come into play, then that opens up a whole new realm of things. Not just, you know, it definitely tells you about yourself like, oh, you know, so it's not always mm-hmm. the people that come to you. Sometimes you have to reflect on mm-hmm. yourself. Exactly. That is that. That is exactly it. And so we understand, you know, why we're so upset. I'm so upset because I put too much trust in somebody who really didn't earn, who really didn't didn't warrant that kind of trust. They were never out for my benefit. There was always going to be some situation in there that was not going to work right because it was not of God. And exactly. even understanding why, right, and why certain people get to me. Why do I let their words or their actions get to me? Well, that, again, like you're saying, it's not about their behavior always makes me feel. It's more about what is it about that behavior that triggers something in me, triggers the anger. We're showing the weaknesses inside of ourselves. And, and honestly, exactly. it's a way to, to have greater control. Do you know what I mean? Very true. Mm-hmm. So honest answers to these kind of questions, they can reveal where our treasures really reside. Matthew 6.21 talks about where your treasure is, your heart's going to be also. That's why it's important for us to ask these questions. What's the most important influence on our heart? I mean, Colossians 3, 1 through 2 would tell us to have our minds set on things above and that is a mental placing of where your mind where your priority where everything that that affects you and is important is going to be it should be sourced from above that's where our treasure should be but oftentimes we find that our treasures are in other places does that make sense for sure right it does, and you're, you know, worried about, some people are worried about worldly things. I know sometimes the job can affect people in many moons, but if you really think mm. about the, you know, <laughs> dealing with people between, you know, it could be home, friends, work, church, you know, anywhere, and if you're worried about worldly things was down here, and that's not going to be the end result of where you rely, where you're trying to end up anyways. So your mind should always be mm-hmm. on Christ, you know, on above things about, you know, the end result of this is if being this angry really going to get me. You know, what I'm going to get from this, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to get me into heaven. I'm going to be stumped right. on these things and end up in a place of despair. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to, you know, end your life in sin. So my thing is if you keep your right. mindset on the things above, you know, you won't have so much. A lot of the stuff that happens to you, it'll flow right off your shoulders. it hit you for that second and it's gone the second it came in. Right. Is that an over? It's all about process? your mindset. It is not. Does that it takes time. I will say. No. It <laughs> I will admit it, it does. It does right? take time. I will say that. I'm still a work in progress. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, I am too, actually. I, I am, because we'll find out that the things that are so stressful to us that make us so upset. A lot of times, we don't have to be that stressed out and upset and thus broken hearted 
in some of these situation, situations because as we start to ask our, ourselves the questions of why, this, why do I react in this way when this happens, we might find that it was because we were resistant to God's will. His divine will is exactly. actually what I did not want to accept, right? I didn't want what he wanted for me. I wanted what I wanted for me. Hmm. So then, but the danger in not asking ourselves those kinds of questions. If I allow myself to react this way over and over again to these same things, getting all worn out, creating this really flawed pattern for thinking, then that's going to dominate who I am as a person. And I'll expect this is the only way that life can be. And so that's a life that feels, or a thought process that feels more hopeless than hopeful. And it leads to all these feelings. You feel resentment, fear, panic, bitterness, insecurity, anger, and they mm-hmm. will overtake me, and I'll feel that way all the time. And, and how can you be productive when you're feeling that way all the time? And in short, everything that you do, every work that you do, it will show in everything, you know. And when I was saying my work in progress, I know for me for the past two weeks, you know, I had this go-get, I-can attitude. You know, I'm a go-getter attitude. I'm, I'm, this, I'm amped, and then some, a few things hit me, and it's like it's slowing my roll, and I could, I could tell because it, it drags me, it, were, it wore me in. And I'm like, how can I let mm-hmm. that, you know, stop my, you know, go-getter, I-can heart, you know, from glorifying God for right. doing his works, you know what I mean? You can't let it, you right. know. So I'm, I'm coming out of that, you know. I'm swinging back out of it, but... It rules you. It, you can't let it rule your whole. You say you'll have fear, panic, bitterness, and then it sometimes take you out of your study. It'll take you out of the things that's mm-hmm. supposed to be important to you. You know, studying His Word, becoming closer with God, and building your relationship. It is. It is take you t- away from that if you allow it to get that far. So you know, the mindset changing is a, a huge piece. A huge piece. And becoming, and becoming just so you know, upset and just broken hearted over like this stuff never works out for me. From the time I, if the, we're thinking that from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, there is just nothing but um, just just bad things happening. Things aren't going my way, and it's all because of a lost situation. Maybe I lost my job. Maybe I lost a love, and because of that, I can't get my mind focused on where it needs to be, and so it causes me to look at anything that happens as a major deterrent. I mean, we were talking about how you were waiting on a ride and the ride never showed up for this important appointment. And that really struck me because that really could get, you know, get me off on the wrong foot. I know when the car is not acting right, we can't do what we want to do, can't get the freedom, can't go where we want to go. And that can be a trigger to making us feel like all doom and gloom but we can't allow it to do that. Does that make sense? No, because in the process, it does. In the process, you'll miss what God is trying to show you. You'll miss a whole other thing. It might have been a reason why I wasn't in that cab that day. Now I need to go back and think on that day, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to reflect. So what true. happened that day? What happened that, you know, would have, you know, what made my day a little bit better, you know. It would give you a better outlook. Like, you know what? If I would if I would have gotten that cab, I wouldn't have been here to help out my neighbor. Or if I wouldn't gotten that cab, I wouldn't be able to hear to help my uncle or my aunt. You know, things like that. You could have it could have been mm-hmm. something totally different, or you know, that you 
we're set mm-hmm. to do. And there again, it's, it's God's will, not yours. And sometimes you're, you're set on your own plans. You know, I got this doctor appointment. I got this appointment to do. I got to make it to these appointments, you know, to get this done and over with. And you're, you didn't even calculate in God's will and plans. You don't know what he has set for you that day, even though you might have already had something on your schedule. It's never set, you know, mm-hmm. in stone in that manner of your own will. And even in, and even in managing um, relationships, married or not, family close, very involved or not, there are times when we will push our opinion or push our will on other folks, and then they don't respond how we mm-hmm. expected them to respond. And so we get angry, we get resentful, we get bitter, and the emotions just keep getting worse and worse and spiraling further and further down. And what we have to understand is, let's go back to that original thought. Why do, how do we get ourselves into this situation? Well, it came from some flawed decision-making decision way back in the beginning. That, and so our views got really clouded by the response, and we get all these negative emotions, and we can cast the whole thing into this negative place. Mm-hmm. Missing that God may have had another intent for that relationship. What we pushed on it may not be what he had wanted it to be. And so, you know, for exactly. the Christian, it's very important, right, not to push our personal will on in, in these situations to, all make sure, to always make sure we're looking at things through a spiritual filter. Exactly. Yeah. If we look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it really encourages us to, to stop trusting in our own understanding. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So it's like stop forcing situations to be the way I really want them to be and getting things that, you know, he never really had for me because I'm trying to maneuver and to strategize and do all of this, these actions to get to this thing. But he may really want me to work on my Proverbs 31, you know, virtuous woman thing, and I'm not doing that. I'm too busy pursuing something that, that, that seems hard to get because he's not ready for exactly. me to have it yet because I'm not ready to get it yet. So, I completely uh, agree. Be, <laughs> you, okay. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times when we've been hurt, we're also trying to, to guard or protect our heart. To, you know, we'll choose, like, I'm never going to be open like this again. I'm not going to be vulnerable again. I'm going to fight again. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever going to hurt me like that again. Because the conclusion we drew from our past hurt was that this is the way to protect ourselves. Well, this wrong thinking can cause us to miss the blessing he has for us in the future. And, again, when you move hope, remove hope from this situation or from the equation, the Christian is left with very little. And we don't want to miss our blessings. We don't want to miss the learnings because that's not what he has for us. He, ha- he, he wants all of us really to come to repentance, Second Peter 3, 9, and be obedient to him so that he can bless us in his way. But when we're busy pushing, we, we get a whole lot of stuff that the world has to offer and we miss the great bountiful joy that he actually has for us. I definitely completely agree with that because, you know, from past 
hurt sometimes. I'm like, I'm a close down, shut up, shut myself down and shut up from people. And, you know, you isolate yourself. You, and that's not Christ-like. Definitely when you're a Christian, you know, you have to continue to love, continue to be vulnerable, continue to put yourself out there. Definitely if it's into the facts of evangelizing and going for God and edifying your sisters and brothers in Christ and things like that, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to be hurt again sometimes. Like you said, some hurts are unavoidable, and it may be those unavoidable days because you can't really dictate the outcome of how someone is going to react to what you, you know, react to what you put mm-hmm. out there. So you have to continue to go and not right. close yourself out. And that's one thing I am definitely working on myself because sometimes I'm in the isolation phase where I don't, you know, maybe might not right. answer calls as much as I do or reach out when I most likely need to be reaching out to receive that encouragement and things like that. You can miss out on <clears throat> all kinds of good works and good encouragement and things like that if you don't reach mm-hmm. out to people um, when you may possibly be in need mm-hmm. and you put the resources there for you. Um, and it's support in line. So sometimes it's closing down and Shutting up because of prior experiences is not always, it's definitely not the best idea whatsoever. Exactly. And that, that tendency to want to isolate, to protect ourselves, to get away, that's why we have to be really conscious of how we're feeling and why we're feeling like we're feeling. So when we find mm-hmm. that we are constantly being disappointed, constantly feeling like my heart is broken again over this stuff, we, you know, at some point we have to stop using this, this worldly knowledge and this past experience as an excuse for being angry with God or and just realize that he wants a real, authentic, not fake relationship with me. He is trying to get my attention. Let me wake up and pay attention to what he's saying, right? Exactly. Just like, because just like he wiped the slate clean when he destroyed the world um, and the corruptness, in Genesis 6, 6, when he destroyed the world with water, but in his mercy, he allowed Noah's family to survive. We need to open up, be vulnerable to him, and allow him to wipe out that stuff in our heart that's corrupting us. Because if we don't, mm-hmm. if we want to break the pattern, that's the way to do it. And, and, and it's, it's sometimes a hard thing for us to grasp that the way to truly Repair this is to be vulnerable to God. Hmm. Rely on him. Hmm. Pray about these decisions before we make them. You sound like you're going to say something. <laughs> yeah, definitely because, you know, letting him come in there, because sometimes you have to open what you consider to be a wound and let him clean it out. Let him wipe all that clear, like you said, and be able right. to also repent and let it go because you don't want to keep holding on mm-hmm. to everything. Repent and just don't continue to follow that same routine. You have to be willing to try mm-hmm. do something new, not try something new, totally do something new and let him change you because that's the only way you have to be right. able to allow him to come in, you know, because the more you keep closing out, you're you're pushing and keeping him out. He can't help you right. if you're closed out. Well, see, God's not helping me, and I'm all, you know, down and out. Well, you're not opening yourself up to allow him to, you know, help you, help repair you. Right. right. And repentance means to change, to change our thinking, change from our, you know, our worldly thinking, the way we know to handle things and be open to God's way of handling things, to, to submit to his will, submit to the gospel call, to be baptized and to allow him, you, you walk in the newness of life, you allow him to guide your pathway from there on. We have to really be sincere so that we can learn the lessons that, you know, he's trying to, to teach and and move us forward on. 
And probably in our last just few minutes, um, we could talk about how we would do this, right? We have to develop a plan because it's not going to just happen automatically. It doesn't just happen because you read a scripture. No. It takes commitment (laughs) to prayer. (laughs) No. It takes commitment to prayer, active Bible study, again, submitting to God's will by being baptized and being made a Christian in him. That, that's the start of it. Uh, one of the things that I, I've talked about in our ladies' class is about thinking about the last time you were disappointed. And so oftentimes it's not hard for us to really remember that last time. We know the last time. We can remember it. Can you remember your last time, Rashida? <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> probably like last week. <laughs> right. And I went, I went back to some of my worldly ways. Um, and, and speaking of, um, the way my, my thinking process, cause I was like, you know, I started mm-hmm. getting disappointed. I'm like, you know, I started self doubting and things like that. I started questioning myself in a negative aspect versus questioning why it bothered me so much. I questioned myself right. like, well, maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you're not this, mm. that, and the third. You know, I really started the mm. negative, like, maybe you should just back down and leave things alone and, you know, like, I was not saying fully give up or not like that because I'm not a, a quitter yeah. big time like that. Yeah. But it, it made me evaluate myself negatively. So that's one thing I definitely need to change instead of evaluating myself negatively. I need to look at it like, why did this bother me so much, you know, and mm-hmm. not be so uh, afraid to where I'm like, I'm ready to close myself off again. I don't want to, you know, I started going into the isolation right. phase and I'm trying to get out of that from last week. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I had, you know, cause my, cause what happened was anxiety came in. Anxiety's been in for yes. the past three days. And I'm like, I've not experienced anxiety since January. You know, I've been doing so mm-hmm. great. And now all of a sudden everything, every move that I make, I'm nervous. I was nervous about relaxing today. And today was like a day I didn't have to do anything. Who does that? You know, so I have to well, really repent of that and really give it to him and stop doing that. Stop letting that same pattern come in and right. let him keep moving me how he was moving me, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Because one of the problems with getting into isolation is that our mind will start to stew on parts, but typically it's the negative parts. And so you talked about, you know, the self-doubt that we, we have to overcome as Christians. And it's a daily struggle because there are so many messages in media and so many messages um, in our past. And, and when, when that script starts to play in our mind over and over and over again, that's when we get tripped up as opposed to going to God's word and understanding that he made us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made in the best image available, which is his image. And so perhaps, you know, perhaps I made some wrong decisions, but the question would be, okay, well, how did I deal with this? Why am I disappointed? Did I disappoint God? Did I disapp- or did I disappoint myself and a person? What lesson was God trying to right. teach through that situation? And think about it and come to an understanding through scripture as opposed to just I'm going to sit here and be isolated and pull the shades and, and, and cut everybody off who might be here to try to help me. Jeremiah 29, exactly. 11 is a wonderful scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. 
Also, Jeremiah 10, 23, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. So these are like two very powerful scriptures that there are exercises we can do for Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, plans I have for you. You know, write down what this means for your life. What plans do you think God does have for you? And that requires thinking outside of our box oftentimes because even, you know, you, Rashida, when he came to the, con- the congregation with a lot of energy and a lot of know-how and have used that to, to help us rethink how we evangelize and how we want to get out into our community and be um, a servant to our community and help to spread God's word. There are plans that God exactly. will have for you that you may not even think about. I mean, does, we, I know we've talked a little bit about that, but does that connect to you? It does because I, I would have never thought, right, I would never thought the things that I do now um, at Watkins Road to edify my sisters and brothers there and also to glorify God, I would have never, I didn't, you told me two years ago about this, I wouldn't have looked at you like you were crazy, like you were alien. <laughs> I would have never thought. <laughs> like, no, I won't be right. doing this and doing that. You're right. You know, not me. <laughs> I have nothing to offer. Right. You know, so yeah. I would have never, no, not at all. But I do think right. this is a really great subject, and I'm glad you came on with me today with this. Um, and I hope thank everyone you. got something out of this. We do have a few moments left. Um, so we both want to say thank you again. And uh, also, if you're in the Columbus area, make sure you stop at Watkins Road, 1614 Watkins Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43207. We do have um, Wednesday study services tomorrow at um, 10 a.m. and again at 7 p.m. And then we have Sunday services that start at 9 for study and 10 for our main worship service. So make sure you come and join us. And thanks again. I appreciate it. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.